They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two Bald Pastors. Welcome to Two Bald Pastors, a podcast about real faith and real life. I'm Jeff Sinabaldo. And I'm Joe McGarry. And we are two follically challenged pastors serving in congregations of the New England Synod in the Evangelical Lutheran or as we like to call it, the ELCA. Today we have with us Molly Beck-Dean. She is the director of the ELCA Youth Gathering. Welcome, Woo-hoo! Molly. Thanks. Woohoo! It's good to be here. Good to talk to you guys. Oh, we are very happy to have you with us today. The Youth Gathering is one of the amazing things that uh, our church does every three years. So we are blessed and honored to have you on with us today, To and we want to talk a little bit about the gathering. So, uh, so yeah, we're excited. Sure. So the ELCA Youth Gathering is a triennial event um, that will happen next summer, June of 2018, and the gathering uh, brings together 30,000 young people and their adult leaders from all 50 states and really from around the world for five days of faith formation. I mean, that is the gathering's primary mission is forming faith and building faith in young people. And that happens through, you know, just a whole variety of ways, worship and Bible study and service learning and exposure to ministries of the ELCA and our partners doing justice work and other ministry work in the world. And it's just a really unique setting. Um, A lot of times we hear from people just the kind of overwhelming awe of walking into a stadium and seeing all those other young people with a faith that is similar to theirs and just the power of Simple things that maybe we take for granted on a weekly basis, like saying the Lord's Prayer or communion, but just how powerful that can be when you're with, you know, 30,000 of your your new best friends. And so the gathering really is a unique ministry and one that brings the church together like like no other. And right before the gathering, there are actually two really important pre-events. One of them is the Multicultural Youth Leadership Event which brings together young people of color and their adult leaders for leadership development and faith formation and community building. And the other one is called The Table. And The Table uh, is is a new name for us this year, but an event that has been a part of the gathering for many years. Uh, The Table brings together young people with a variety of disabilities for um, community building. Uh, Most often, young people with disabilities tend to be the only kid uh, in their congregation with a disability. And so it's just really important to pull the community together before the gathering and and to just do some faith formation and community building with that group too. So those are two really important aspects of of the gathering's ministry that we kind of wrap into the, the whole gathering of ministry. That sounds great. And I know from the times that I've taken young people to uh, different gatherings over the years that it's just amazing to be surrounded by so many of your peers and listen to dynamic speakers and bands and, and all of that. So I'm really excited for, for Houston. That's for sure. Absolutely. You know, I mean, one of the reasons that I said yes to this 
crazy job <laughs> um, is that when I was a high school student, I went to the gathering and it was really transformational for me. I mean, it was, you know, all of what you just said, Joe, about just kind of realizing that you're not alone, you know, even if it's, even if you have a, a youth group or, you know, a church that you're a part of, it can still feel kind of alone. But to see that many other young people was really important for me. And and I think the gathering is one of those places that I solidified my vocation, uh, that I, you know, walked away from that gathering in New Orleans thinking, ah, God has called me to work with young people in the church. This is, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm meant to do. And so now to be the director and to be able to help provide that experience for thousands of other kids is just really humbling. You know, it's not too often in our adult lives that we get to go back and influence something that was so transformational for us as kids. And so it's just really great to be able to do that. When I took a group to a youth gathering, uh, one of the things I was a little anxious about was wondering if my kids would get kind of lost in the shuffle with it being Mm -hmm. such a huge event. Mm -hmm. Um, But I found throughout our entire time that we were away that it was just a wonderful group building experience as well. So, I mean, for years afterwards, that group was pretty tight. And uh, that, w- that was a great, a great outcome from, from that experience when I've participated. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think, I mean, I served in, in congregational ministry for a while, and I, I think that's where the core of, of ministry happens, right, is in our congregations. And so the gathering is about enriching that congregational ministry through, you know, and we hear stories like you just shared too, Jeff, of, you know, this really bonded my group and this, you know, this group stuck together for the rest of their high school years. And it it is just an experience, I think, that brings a congregational group together to, um, and we we depend on awesome congregational leaders to make the gathering a great experience because we know, like, the kids will have a better experience if their adult leader is equipped and prepared and can kind of help them navigate all the questions and the challenging parts and the fun parts. And, you know, we know that the the congregation really matters, the context that they're coming from. Could you talk a little bit, um, you know, the old saying, it takes a village. I mean, this takes a huge network of people to pull this thing off. Could you just share a little bit about that? Because when I learned a little bit about that and the role I get to play in in this one, um, just how many people are involved. It's really, uh, it's, it's amazing. I'd love to hear you share that if you wouldn't mind. Sure. I mean, it's a whole, like you said, it's a whole network and spider web of people that make this, uh, make the gathering happen. And really only because of the power of the Holy spirit, does this thing ever get pulled off every three years? (laughs) I'm convinced. But, um, yeah, so there's, there's a small staff of us full time in Chicago, and then we have one full time staff member um, contracted for a couple of years in Houston. Um, and Cody is our project manager who works with all of the nonprofits in Houston to set up the service learning opportunities. And so that's, it, there's just a small staff. And then the main kind of dreaming and execution of the gathering happens. Uh, within our 15 planning teams. And so each aspect of the gathering is kind of broken down and and assigned a planning team. And some of the planning teams are very programmatic. So there's a service learning planning team and a mass gathering planning team. And some of them are more focused on logistics, like transportation and safety and security. And so each of those 15 
teams um, has a team leader and then it kind of goes from there, right? So there could be anywhere from six to, you know, 15 people on a planning team. Uh, and those folks spend 18 months uh, meeting and planning and, and working. And then those teams uh, tend to expand over as we get closer to the gathering. And so um, by the time we get to the gathering, there will be, oh gosh, at least between 800 and 1,000 people on those different 15 teams wow. um, working to, to put the gathering. And then we have our volunteer corps, um, you know, our gathering volunteer corps and community life and servant companions and our local volunteers. And that, you know, will be another almost 1,000 people. So when you think about all the volunteers that it takes to, to plan and execute this, I mean, we're looking at, at almost 2,000 people that work to make the gathering happen in just all sorts of ways, mostly behind the scenes. You know, they're the folks who are scurrying around um, and making sure everything works or troubleshooting when it doesn't, but um, just a, a huge, and, and most people come, you know, with the exception of, of us staff. I mean, this is, this is volunteer work. This is ministry for all these volunteers and, and they love the gathering and, and want to help however they can. And when you think about 2,000 volunteers, I mean, just sitting here, it, it, it sounds like a huge number, but you're, in reality, you're 2,000 volunteers to help shepherd and lead, you know, 30 to 40,000 people. I mean, that, that's minuscule if you look at it in comparison. It's <laughs> a good right. point. <laughs> yeah. But so then you have those congregational leaders too. So you have right, more people right. that are uh, adults anyway that are involved in that in that regard too. Yep, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, one of my goals always in youth ministry has been like, let the, let the planning team worry about the details so that you as a congregational leader can focus as much on your young people as possible. And I mean, there's always details like, how am I going to feed my group, <laughs> you know, that the right, congregational right. leader needs to think about. But we just, we want to take care of as, as many of the details as possible so that adults can really focus on their young people and the experience that, that they are having. So each day of the, the gathering, there's, there are things that are going on and, and churches are in sort of tracks. Can you kind of break that down and give folks an idea of what uh, church groups and synods and whatnot will be doing each day? Sure. So um, the gathering is, a, like I said, a, a five-day event starting on Wednesday, ending on Sunday. There's a variety of different things on Wednesday, um, including some community life and interactive learning activities that'll be open in the afternoon. And then the official kickoff is Wednesday night uh, with our mass gathering. And then Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, the groups will rotate through three different program days. And so the one day is service learning where people will be going out into the community of Houston to do just a, a variety of different projects. And we're, like I said, just working with partners right now, trying to figure out who those partners are and then starting the work of, of deciding what, what the various projects are going to be. And so that'll be one of their days. And then another day is their synod day. And that's uh, synod's the kind of geographical clumpings of churches meet uh, at a hotel ballroom for Bible study and worship. And uh, that's a great day. It's a chance for people to 
maybe see some familiar faces if they're involved in synodical activities or just make some connections that are a little closer to home. The synodical bishop preaches and presides at worship and um, usually shares a little bit of their personal testimony, which kids usually think are pretty cool. It's a day where young people uh, get to lead. A lot of the Synod Day teams, um, maybe their band is is youth-led or there are you know, youth who are emceeing the day or whatever. It's just a, it's a great chance for young people to be up in leadership roles. And then the third rotation day is interactive learning. And this is the day where we convert thousands of square feet. And in Houston, it's almost a million square feet of exhibit hall into what our team leader calls God's holy playground. Nice, um, nice. Just, uh, you know, all sorts of different really interactive and experiential ways for young people to engage with different ministries. Um, And then also some spaces to just kind of blow off steam, like a sports area. They can play basketball for a little bit or, you know, just kind of do decompressing that way. There's always a high ropes course and, um, you know, those kinds of more adventure um, type things. And so it just, it turns that space into a pretty incredible um, learning, you know, it's like one of those things where you're learning even though it doesn't feel like it because it's really just awesome and fun. (laughs) Right, right, right. Like to sneak it in there. (laughs) So folks will rotate through those three days in different orders, obviously, but they'll do each one of those days on a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, and then the gathering ends with closing worship on Sunday morning. That's fantastic. And I remember, you know, also from past experiences that when we talk about sending kids and adults out for service, we're talking about like 12,000 per day, right? Yeah. So we'll launch, I mean, depending on the day, anywhere between nine and 11,000 people a day. We're trying to verify, but one of several of the cities have said, we think this might be the largest kind of several day mass volunteer event that happens in the country. And I'm trying to figure out if that's true or not, but it's definitely one of the biggest and cities are just kind of in awe of not only the logistics of it, but just the kids' dedication. I mean, we have, you know, partners and service sites every year who think that they've provided, you know, three days worth of projects and the Thursday group gets there and blows through it in three or four hours. Right, so, right. <laughs> you know, they just yeah. kind of underestimate how jazzed these kids are to help the community and to show God's love to the Houston community or wherever we're at. They're, they're just super jazzed. People would do service every day um, if we could figure out a way to do that. <laughs> right, and so right. we're, we're trying to figure out some different ways. So there'll be some service aspects and interactive learning this year. Um, you know, little kind of projects that they can do on site, um, just as we know, especially this generation of young people, they're just hooked on trying to make the world a better place. And so if we can do that in the name of Jesus, all the better. Yeah, I think I remember you saying in a prior conversation that we had that uh, some of the former host cities were asking when we were coming back because they were so impressed. So that's way to go, church. That's good. No, it absolutely is. I mean, there's some crazy statistics. So we were the first major convention back into New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. And there are just some crazy statistics about, you know, the work that we did in three years and the number of hours and and projects that we put in 
uh, to action there and and the the years that it would have taken for the city to do that you know it was quite even just I think it was um, the cleanup work that we did in city parks and, and those kind of things in New Orleans and that it would have taken the city like three years or something crazy like that to do the Amazing. work that we did in three days yeah that's awesome. um, that's great yeah, yeah been similar stories from Detroit you know kids cleaning blocks and blocks of blighted properties and you know stories of you know elementary school kids who had lived in those neighborhoods their whole lives and had never seen the sidewalk yep. in their neighborhood yep. didn't yeah. even know that it was a thing like oh we have a sidewalk and now i don't have to walk in the street when i go to school you know it's little stories like that 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 really get me the second time that we went to to new orleans in 2012 I had a group of about 20 or so students, and I looked up diners, drive-ins, and dives, restaurants in New Orleans area, and we found this one. It was the old coffee pot, and we went there, and it was a hole-in-the-wall sort of place, but the food was amazing, and our group basically took up the entire restaurant, and the chef came out, and he was just in tears. I mean, he remembered when we were there in 2009 and he said Mm -hmm. it was just an awesome experience for him. He was glad that we came in. He was so excited. And the impact that we've had on communities, like you were saying, is just fantastic. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes when the mayor of New Orleans came in 2009, it was a few days into the gathering and and came to uh, the Superdome just to kind of address the, you know, address the kids and to thank them for coming. He spoke about how the Superdome had really been a, a place of death and of despair, and that he appreciated the kind of new life that the kids were infusing into the place. And he said, you know, you, you are our Katrina rainbow. And, and I was just really, I mean, that still kind of like makes my eyes get teary when you think yeah, about, yeah. you know, what happened in that place. And, and we were just there for five days, right? Like we were just a bunch of people who showed up for a few days and we know like Lutheran disaster response and, and others who are a part of our church were there for years helping folks. But, you know, if all the, the orange shirt kids were kind of known as like yep, the, yep. The, the church who shows up in our orange T-shirts always for our service day, um, that's a that's a good reputation. I'll, I'll take that reputation. Yep. That's okay. Yep, that's awesome. Could you share a little bit about the theme and what's going on with that? Yes. So our theme rolled out earlier this fall in November with our new website. And the theme is This Changes Everything. Uh, and it's based on Ephesians 2.8, uh, for you are saved by grace. And we had a, a theme discernment retreat with young people and adults. And um, a part of that was looking through the evaluation materials from 2015. And one of the questions that we asked was about the spiritual needs or, or the needs of, of teenagers today. And over and over again, we heard that young people just, just need to know that that they're enough, right? There's always this striving for better and more and trying to live up to expectations from home and school and everywhere everywhere else and um and just that that stress that young people carry with them. And so um as we were reading through those and then talking about which different scripture or focuses we wanted for the gathering, we really had a desire to focus in on a, a Lutheran foundation piece. Um, and obviously grace is a, is a huge part of our Lutheran language. And so 
in the conversations, we were talking about grace, and, and one of the folks around the circle said, you know, gosh, if, if young people could just believe, like truly believe and embrace this idea of God's grace, that it's it's not about them, that the work has already been done because of Jesus's life and death and resurrection. If, if they would just really believe that, embrace that with their lives, you know, gosh, that could change everything. And then we kind of looked at each other and we're, we're like, that's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> and so yeah. that's where the, the theme of, of this changes everything. The idea that, that because of what Christ did and because of God's grace, that changed everything for us. And then, you know, how do we live our life in response to this amazing gift that we've been given? And, you know, part of that is, right, all the all the good marks of discipleship, of faithful living and taking care of others and really that, that greatest commandment of, of loving God with all of our hearts and loving our neighbors as ourselves. And so we're, we're really excited about where this theme is going to go, um, how we can share. We like that it's a little vague, right? Like, oh, this, what's, what's this? Yep, uh, yep. <laughs> uh, and we kind of like it because it, it will hopefully provide the opportunity for people who are, you know, wearing the t-shirt or, or whatever to engage people in some conversation about, about what it is. Cause it, it could be the slogan for a new iPhone, right? <laughs> right, like right. Very, you know, yeah. But, but we're using it in a different context. And so we tried to make sure that our, our logo, the, the graphics really um, bring out the idea of the cross and, and of Jesus and of, you know, our theme verse speaks to God's grace. And so we hope that it'll, it'll be a good conversation starter for people. The scripture verse is, is fantastic, too. And, and it, it is a little provocative as far as what is this, but also it's a, a little hip in that way, too. It is something that you might hear with a new iPhone or something like that. So I think that's mm-hmm. fantastic. That's great. Well, and too, I mean, while the main this is God's grace, um, we also realize like there are other thises, right? So we're talking about our two pre-events, Mile and the Table. And for those events, community, gathering in community changes everything, um, you know, or maybe it's advocacy, or maybe it's, you know, I mean, there could, there could be a whole list of kind of sub this is, <laughs> um, right. depending on, depending on where you're coming from in your faith journey or your life experiences. Awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. I'm pretty jazzed. <laughs> I that's think good. That's great. <laughs> I'm not tired of it yet, so that's good. That's, that's a good, good sign, right? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you could share just a little bit of like how you got here. So you were doing youth ministry, and then you heard the church's call to do youth gathering, and here you are. Is that kind of the Regis Digest version? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I I've been a church geek for a very long time, probably since elementary school, and. You know, was really involved. I grew up in North Dakota and was really involved in my you know, local congregation and then my synod, um, the Eastern North Dakota Synod's youth ministry events, went to the gathering, went to uh, Red Willow Bible Camp in North Dakota. And so the church and, and youth ministry has been a part of my journey for a really long time. And then um, Worked, went off to school, and while I was in school, worked as the director of youth and family ministry in a congregation in Fargo, and then also was working for um, the ELCA Youth Ministry Network, uh, doing a little bit of of that as well, and really got to see um, the larger church through my work with the network, and 
Um, then did a stint uh, a couple of summers as a counselor and program coordinator for Lutheran Outdoor Ministries of Florida. And so got to see the Lutheran ah, cool. church in the South, which was, yep. you know, it's all the same church, but man, does our church look and feel different in different parts of the country. Uh, so. That is for <laughs> yep. sure. Yep, definitely. Yep. Uh, yeah. And so then after about four years of those multiple hats, um, I was called to the Southeastern Pennsylvania Synod in Philadelphia and served on their synod staff as youth ministry specialist for 12 years. Uh, and just really loved my time in Philly and got to help build a great community and a network of people and some really cool events for young people and adults there and just really loved my time in Southeast Penn. But then this opportunity with the gathering came up and at first I was sitting with a bunch of colleagues when it was the position was posted and we read through it and we're like, gosh, what poor sucker is going to take this job? <laughs> <laughs> and then I got home from that meeting and I reread it and I just was like, ah, oh, this is everything I like to do for a ministry that I love. And it, you know, really would use a lot of my gifts and, oh, so, you know, God kind of these things. Yeah. <laughs> I am. So I became, yes, the sucker who would take this job. But no, it was once I kind of decided to make the leap and, and put my name in the in the hat, it was, it felt right, felt right. So no, yeah, kind of a waving road through all different aspects of ministry with young people to kind of finally land here. Since the gathering is once every three years, you really only have to work once every three years, right? Just That's week, right, you know, right? Yeah. yep, those five, well, we go in a few days early, so yeah, right. Right, right. it's not right. that. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, and it's funny, because when I took this job, I had several people be like, so this is your full-time job? This is this is it? This is all you're going to do? And I'd smile graciously and say, yep, this is, this is it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we definitely have, you know, our cycles of crazy times and less crazy times. But instead of it being on a, a school year calendar, which, you know, in the congregation and even in the Senate, it really the school year really dictated the the ebb and flows of, of that. It's just drawn out over three years. And so our busy times are longer and our less busy times are longer. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty incredible, all the work behind the scenes and the amount of, I mean, obviously administration and contract writing and, you know, all those nitty gritty details happen years in advance just to kind of make things go as smoothly as possible. Right. I know a great thing that people anticipate and look forward to is at the end of the gathering, kind of announcing when the next one happens or where the next one's going to be. I don't want you to reveal that if you know it, but w at what point do you actually know that? I mean, because you have to set that up well well in advance. I mean, uh, We've already started doing site visits for 2024. Yeah. It's amazing. And and we've already signed for 2021, so we will we will have another big announcement. <laughs> yeah, very fun. fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's and that's a you know a really interesting process of of cities approaching us and bidding and you know visiting places and trying to figure out what would be the best venue while you know all the while kind of keeping our our main thing the main thing, which is the the place that will allow us to do faith formation with young people the best. And in right. some ways, that's that's a bit of a shift for the gathering. Um, so after we announced Houston, a lot of folks asked, why Houston? 
you know, why Houston? Because that's the, the question that we'd been answering for the last three cycles. Why Detroit? Why New Orleans? Kind of what the what's the city's story? And while Houston has a great story and lots of things that we can learn from and help with, Houston's not the main thing. Like our young people are our main thing. And so at the end of the day, Houston's a great host. <laughs> and the facilities yeah. are the facilities are gorgeous and they're close together and there's plenty of hotels within a reasonable driving distance and um and so sometimes it's just because it's a great site. And so we're kind of redirecting the question that people ask instead of why Houston uh, you know, why is it important that we go to Houston? The question that we're trying to ask and answer is why the youth gathering? Why is it important mm. that this event be a part of your congregation's culture, that be a part of your life or your young person's life? Uh, and we think we have lots of testimonies. I mean, both of you have, have even shared, you know, just in our conversation about how impactful this experience can be. And so we're trying to highlight some of those stories through our you know, videos and blogs and other things just to encourage people to think about faith formation and young people. There has been some uh, recent legislation in Houston area that may be concerning for some churches or individuals. You want to talk a little bit about that and how you're taking steps to make uh, this experience a safe place for all people? Sure. Yeah. So Texas is in the process of considering a bathroom bill similar to what North Carolina did um, not too long ago. And, and that raises a lot of concern for us, right? Because we want the gathering and its host city to be a place that is safe and welcoming to all people. And we know that if this bill passes, that that is going to be less true for our transgender kids and adults. And so we are watching that. We are paying attention to that. And we are hoping that it doesn't pass. We've expressed our opposition to this bill to the Houston Convention and Visitors Bureau, who are kind of like the organization that brings us in and hosts us uh, while we're in the city. And and they have said, you know, we we think this is bad for business, which is, isn't exactly the angle that we come in from. But um, right. so they are in opposition of it as well and are kind of sharing that with lawmakers that, you know, hey, this, you know, and I, we're not the only event that is opposed to it. But, you know, these events who bring in millions of dollars and thousands of service hours into our city think that this is not not the right thing to be doing. So. Uh, and we also have some pretty great local advocates uh, in the Texas, Louisiana, Gulf Coast Synod, the Houston area Synod, you know, who are, you know, obviously work for justice, uh, as hopefully all of us do, but work for justice in their own communities. And, and we really, you know, take cues from them. We let the kind of local advocacy stuff be done by the local Lutherans and, and others, because uh, that just makes the most sense, because they know the context. But we're also kind of on call if they, you know, need this big event to kind of say, this isn't us, this isn't who, this isn't who we represent. So, and then, you know, if this does pass, we will work with all of our venues um, and all of the different places that we're going to be to try to express what our expectations of the space are. And in some of the spaces we have control. Uh, over things like bathrooms and in other spaces we have less control over that but if this does pass then we will work like mad to make sure that Houston and the gathering is as welcoming as it can be for all folks who want to come and and who knows too right and so this could 
pass and then hopefully be overturned or rescinded or whatever um, before we get there. So we're just kind of keeping our eyes on it and then prepared to leap into action if we need to. Well, thank you for being advocates for our young people. I mean, that's it's fantastic to hear that you are paying attention to what is happening in that area and that you are um, advocating for our young people. That's great. Absolutely. So what's been your biggest surprise working on this? You know, you came into this having some uh, experience with the gathering and you take the reins of the whole project and uh, along the way there's like a, oh, I didn't realize that. Is there anything along those lines that you could share? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I kind of thought, I mean, I'd seen the gathering from a few different angles. Um, You know, I had taken kids to the gathering. I'd served on a few different of the teams. I know the first few months, um, so I started six months before the Detroit gathering and then uh, kind of walked side by side with the current director, Heidi Hagstrom, um, who was the director then. And we kind of walked side by side uh, those those months leading up to Detroit and, and after. And I think the biggest surprise for me then was the huge number of contracts <laughs> um, that we process for just a whole different variety of things. I mean, the the administrative and paperwork end of the gathering is just ginormous. You know, we're a ministry of the ELCA and we're housed at the churchwide offices. Um, And so along with that come all of the kind of protocols and guidelines with being that, but we're also um, a self-supporting and self-funded ministry. And so that comes with a whole another kind of set of protocol and paperwork and guidelines. And so, yeah, there's just there's a lot of a lot of details, a lot of contracts, a lot of administration that goes on behind the scenes. So, in the midst of everything happening, uh, how do you care for yourself, especially in a in a faith formation or spiritual way? What are what are some of the ways that you keep yourself fed spiritually? Yeah, I mean, I enjoy both prayer and the Bible, so that's good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that is good. We're pro both of those things too. We are pro Bible and prayer. Yeah, no. So, I mean, I think for me, I've always drawn a lot of spiritual nourishment and renewal from our home congregation, and so um, with the move and all that, we've had to leave one home congregation behind and and are now just in the, the process of kind of rerouting in another congregation here um, in Chicagoland. And so I'm really looking forward to that and, you know, just kind of being a part of that community again and, and you know, mostly a, a community where I can just be Molly, you know, and right. don't necessarily always have to wear the the director, the leader, the, you know, the, that person role. Um, I can just sit in a pew and worship with my family and then kind of choose the role that I take from there. So just really appreciate this new congregation and hope that it's it's a good home for us. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, even in synod work, I, you know, around events just tended to really try to immerse myself in the scripture for that event. Um, and so I'm trying to do that as well. So, you know, reading of Ephesians and um, and just trying to, to dive a little bit deeper into um, you know, that particular part of the Bible is, is kind of a fun practice for me as well. So we'll just have to pick a theme verse not in Ephesians next time around. <laughs> right, <laughs> so right. I get to explore a, a, new, a new book. There you go. Well, I want to thank you for coming on today. And as we kind of wrap up here, is there um, 
Anything you want to leave our audience with or any uh, if there's ways that people want to find out more about the gathering or more about you or, or connect with you? Are there ways that people can do that? Oh, absolutely. Um, there's lots of, of information out there about the gathering. We're on, you know, most of the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. So look for us there. Um, probably the best place to go for information is our new website, elca.org slash gathering. And you can, you know, find promotional videos and social media links and resources and information there. Um, one of our goals this cycle is to push out more information sooner. We heard that in our evaluations and last cycle. And so we're really committed to putting as much information into your hands as possible. Uh, and then I also just do a plug if there are looking uh, to be involved in the gathering but aren't coming with a congregation. Applications for our various volunteer groups in May through July. And that information is on the website, too. But we would love, I mean, we need, like I said, we need hundreds and hundreds of volunteers. And so uh, we really would love for people to check out those opportunities and then apply. And I'll just put a plug in to uh, connect with your gathering synod coordinator who can help answer questions for you, which if Absolutely. you are in New England synod, it's me. So you can <laughs> get a hold of me. <laughs> yeah, so Jeff and you have, you know, 64 other colleagues from across the country who have been trained and are ready to answer questions. And actually, if you don't know who your Senate coordinator is, you can uh, go to our website. And then at the top of the page, there's this little person icon, like a little head and shoulders icon. If you click on that, you can find your get your uh, gathering Senate coordinator who has answers to all your questions. Right, Jeff? <laughs> Yep, go to the website. That's my number one answer. Yeah, yeah, right? It's all there if you just read. No. Yep. <laughs> That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, well. We love our people. We're happy to answer questions. <laughs> Thank you so much yeah. for being yes, with us Yes, no, this has been fun. I'm glad it worked out. And uh, thanks for kind of helping to share the story of the gathering. I really appreciate it. Definitely. And we're, yeah, we are grateful to have you on here and uh, maybe we can get you back on again as we get a little closer and you can share some exciting updates if you have any of that, but thank you oh, for this yeah, time. Let's check back in. Yeah, absolutely. Good idea. Good idea. Good idea. Thank you listener for joining us today. And uh, once again, we are the two bald pastors connecting your faith with your life. I'm Joe McGarry. And I'm Jeff Sinabaldo. Take care and be blessed. Bye now. They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two bald pastors. Is that a delay, or did we just run out of things to talk about? Here? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was waiting just to make sure. <laughs> okay, everybody's ignoring me today, just I guess. Sure to. We have no idea what we're doing, but we'll go for it anyway. All right, so it'll be like normal then. <laughs> right. <laughs>